Aspire to dream. Aspire to achieve. Aspire to lead. Aspire to forge your own path. I'm Josh Booth, and on behalf of the Aspire team, I want to welcome you to Chapter 14. This is the last chapter of the Aspire series with our special guest, Ambassador Edward Crawford, and our Aspire host, Thomas Kelly. In spite of his renown in business and philanthropy and his personal interaction with thousands over the years, the Ambassador is a very private man. In the final chapter of the Aspire series, he speaks in some depth of personal issues. His 65-year romance with his wife Mary, the bond with his mother and brothers, and how his only son Matt followed in his footsteps in succeeding him as the chairman and CEO of Park Ohio to this day. This is Aspire Chapter 14. It's a wonderful life. We are here with Ambassador Ed Crawford as part of the podcast series, Aspire, the story of entrepreneurship and the life of Ambassador Ed Crawford. We've had several sessions now. And I think we've covered a lot of good ground. As for me, it's been a great education. I wish I were 20 years old when I heard this podcast series. I think if I had, by now, I'd be a billionaire. We've learned a lot of things. As we were going over this, we realized that we wanted to have a little more personal insight from you about what is the synthesis between personal life and business life? Is one part of uh, the discussion we've really not spent a lot of time around, and it's around the family. And as you know, I avoid talking about the family, not because I'm not proud of the family. It's just something that I wanted to build this company. It's a quiet, successful company. I wasn't looking to do anything spectacular. I was just looking to find my way to build. I latched on to the idea that I needed and had to covet people and get people to believe my dream. There are fundamentals. But without the family, you can't make it. You can't make it if you don't have people with you, and, and it's surely your family. And I'm fortunate enough to bet my, uh, my sweetheart, Mary, prettiest girl in the school and the smartest, and everyone loved Mary. And I was just sort of a mini hoodlum, you know, with a Harley <laughs> Davidson. Now, what, why would Mary have paid any attention to you back in the 10th grade? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> She's been there, and her interest in me and the fact that she believed I could be something special really kind of motivated me. And when we graduated, the class graduated in 57 from Cleveland Heights High School, Mary was, again, very prominent in that class. And I was the guy with the Harley Davidson mm-hmm. and the red hair mm-hmm. and a little lost in space or whatever I, people were telling me. Down deep, she's Dutch, Dutch family, Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. What's Mary's and, last name? Pardon? What was Mary's last name? Van Loan. Mary Van Loan. Mm-hmm. That's rare to have that, a Dutch in that, Cleveland yeah, Heights High School. That doesn't go well with Harley Davidson, I can tell you that. <laughs> at, least, at least Mr. Van Loan didn't think so. But anyway, Mary was obviously going off to college. I started to say, well, I don't think I'm going to college here. It came to fall, and away she goes to school. I said, you know, this is kind of lonely here in Cleveland. So I decided that uh, I corresponded with her and, and told her that I wanted to come down to Miami of Ohio, which is a very prominent, great school. So I took my Harley Davidson and her sister... Chris, who was also just a beautiful, beautiful girl, when she found out I was going down to Miami on the Harley Davis's, she said, I'm going to go with you. Oh, no. We got down there, and think of this. I arrived down there, pull up in front of the building that Mary's supposed to meet us there, and she's not there. 
So I, I asked her name and so forth. They never knew who she was. So I, and they said, she, she's down at the res. Uh -huh. So I go into the res. Well, I walked in that door at that res. It's so vivid to me right now. It's like it's stamped in my mind. I walked in that door and looked at all those young people there, all beautifully dressed, all in the college atmosphere, everyone smarter than the other. And I said, you know something? I missed something. How important that was going to be. I knew that I had missed something. I was having a fun. I was doing everything else. But these are all people, where are they going? The vision started right there. I think I missed something here. I better pay, pay a little more attention. Into that process, my ambition started to develop. And I started adjusting to what I had to be or what I had to pay attention to to get someplace. I didn't want to go to the res, but I sure didn't want to be just riding motorcycles for the next 10 years. Right. I think I get it. You opened that door to the res. You saw people on track to a higher level, to achievement. That was like an instant lesson to you. It came so quickly, and I, only, I like to share that experience of that walking in that res with young people listening to us today. It's never too late. It's, you got to look for something. There's always an opportunity to start. It's not part of the family, but it is part of the family story because it starts there. And, uh, of course, that leads to having... Uh, son, it was 10 years before we, actually Matthew was virtually two months premature at Babies and Children's Hospital. Wow. And we had the last rites twice in the park, literally in the parking lot with priests and uh, he made it and it's led to uh, a great. That's another great part of the story. But before we move on, that trip to the res, that moment at the res, Mary was the catalyst for a great moment of inspiration without even saying a word. Absolutely. Somehow, that connected to me. I don't know why. Really? A defining moment in your life? Yes, of my very rolling along life as you, we've spent some time on this thing. Who made Ed Crawford? It's not Ed Crawford. Mrs. Vincent, was it Mary? Was it Matthew who's now taking over the company? All these things, all these little pushes, everything else. I was remade by everyone that's been in my career, my family, my friends, hardworking people like yourself, people that admired what has been accomplished by this this Ed Crawford that we all made. I didn't make him. He was made. Mm -hmm. He got started getting cooked at the res. I knew I was talented. I knew I was very smart. I just didn't understand life. And a lot of young people didn't understand. I was a kid. There are singles in life that come along that you just have to grab. I knew instantly that Mary was going someplace I wasn't going ever if I stayed on that Harley Davidson. I think that's a great story of, of a very special moment. You stayed in touch, obviously, and you kept dating, and it was long distance for a while. How did your relationship develop? Did you get married after she graduated, or when? It's an interesting question, but it's not one I want to talk about. You know, okay. it, it was there was tremendous obstacles in our relationship. We got through it because we got through it. We're very, very good friends. You have to be friends to get through this. <laughs> you know, keep in mind, this. I'm developing in front of her. She can't even understand it. And obviously, it was encouraging for her and for my friends and from all the people around me. You know, as I keep I, over and over again, you taking the time and to want to hear this story is fantastic. This is motivation. It's motivation for me, even at my age and trying to do something right now big, you know, in the community and save a company that uh, could be going bankrupt and I'm going to prevent it from going back if I can. Right. That's yeah. a whole nother story. I'd love to get into that someday. Yeah. Also, as long as you're going down that path, can we mention, okay, it was years ago that Park, Ohio won the uh, very prestigious award 
from the Weatherhead School. What's the award? In, in a list of 50 companies, the best. Uh, the best company. Best performing company in that particular year. Right. We won that two, two, two years in a row. Two years in a row. Okay. And that was back in the 90s. Yeah, 98, 99. Yeah. You had another win. This is like a third Academy Award. It wasn't Park, Ohio. Tell us a little about that. A month ago, through Cranes, they, and they do this, and it's very it's rating and so forth. When I accepted the invitation from the President Trump to go on to the ambassador, which we did, and it was great for Mary and I to do that, I had my eye on another company, just like Park, Ohio, which is now $2 billion in sales. I came in, it was uh, about $23 million. <laughs> we, yeah, so it's a big, big company run with almost 8,000 employees, industrial company, all manufacturing, lots of hourly employees, which I'm very proud of. I had my eye on a company called Hickok. It was on the freeways, an old company, been there 105 years. So when I came back, just to get Matthew and everything else. And uh, Matthew, we haven't gotten that far yet in the straight line. We're going off on a side pass. But Matthew is your son, your only son, I believe. Only child. Matthew, and this is so rare. In public companies, Matthew succeeded you as president and CEO of the company. Well, in Cleveland, Ohio, name that jumps out is the Sullivan family. RPM. Yeah, Frank, RPM. They're Irish. And there are numerous companies. When you create an entrepreneurial company from scratch, you know, like in my case, in 1964, 65, to grow to the size of the company it is through generations of efforts to get that accomplished is something that it takes a lot of energy. Unfortunately, in the new world today, when you build the company, people come along, but got all these private investment companies, they will pay you six, seven, ten times earnings for your company, and you can sell it anytime you want to. So there's never succession. Unfortunately, in a lot of cases, families that get an entrepreneur as a gift, and they create a company as a gift, for some reason, their grandchildren or their children are not interested. Their children are not interested for some reason, or their grandchildren. Somehow they- Or not qualified. Or not qualified. It is really unique in most standards to have someone in the family follow the entrepreneur and have, be, have the ability to take it on and make it even better. In a public company. In a public company, because it's you can't hide being good or bad, or you, either you're successful or you're not. I knew I was going to come back, and I, I didn't want to get in his way. I still have my office. I still have everything else. I'm mm -hmm. there all the time to help with ideas. When he asked me, I had fun. I changed the name of Hickok to Crawford United. And, of course, Matthew says, Dad, you named it after the, an Irish rugby team. <laughs> right. And he's probably right, you know. we got a great partner there. Brian Powers, a good, good West Side Irishman. Mm -hmm. and, and what does Crawford United do? Does exactly the same thing Park, Ohio did 30 years ago. They're making... Pails? No, not making pails. They, we acquire small industrial companies, small being under $50 million in sales, and companies that have issues. You know, I'm, I'm like a corporate doctor. Yes. I've made 118 acquisitions in my career. I know good from bad. I know how to solve problems. The skill I have is developed. And we've taken that company, I think, from $8 million in five years to $150 million. Wow. Brian and I are busily working on that. In fact, when I leave here this morning, going over to Crawford United... Because we're looking at a company that's got a problem. And if you had a distressed company and I was sitting there, I would say, Mr. Kelly, here's our background. Here's where we came from. Here's what we've done. Okay. We've had success with this. You have a company. It's a good company. I understand why it might be available. Together, we can fix this. So we bring things there, ideas, talent, and not just money.
And are most of these companies manufacturing? Everything is around manufacturing. Hey, and you know, I like it that we're going kind of back and forth between family and business. In your case, it seems like it all fits together. And obviously, with Matthew, Matthew's been very successful at following you as the president of Park, Ohio. He's the chairman and the CEO. The symbiotic relationship between family and business is very, very clear at Park, Ohio and Crawford United. And I want to go back to what role does Mary play? Is she like your sounding board? What is Mary's role as far as the business goes? Well, I think you quite... Uh, inspiration? Inspiration is as is close as you're going to come to it because she, she pretty well leaves Matthew and I alone. Okay? Right. She doesn't, she doesn't go over the books and say, hey, no, what's no. this line item? <laughs> she no, no, she, she wouldn't even consider that. There have been, not that often, there have been hard days in your business career. There have been terrible disappointments in one day. And you always overcame them, climbed back up the mountain. How does Mary respond on days like that? I would not bring that situation home. You know, I like it that you're very private about some things. Yeah, yeah. she needs my help. I need her help. You'll know it and vice versa. Her encouragement has been successful doing it kind of my way. You know, mm -hmm. I have a technique of my way. I have a vision of success and I have a vision of people and success. I've been able to attract a lot of incredible people that have been interested in coming into my business or my investments because, you know, God gave me some skills that they didn't give everybody else. Had it in mind all the way. He must have, you know, because you can't go this far by yourself. And going back to my original business, we started talking, it seems like years ago, about my first company, which I overexpanded and I lost it because my partner voted against me and I was crushed. That was a bad day. That was a very bad day, you know, and, and I was so disappointed. I just walked out of the building. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. What? I quit. I quit. Right. Probably shouldn't have, but I did because I knew I had to start over again. Can I ask, did you go home that day and tell Mary what happened? Yeah. And no, what did I, she I, say? I called my brother Jerry because I had I left the company car behind. And I called Jerry. He came and picked me up. I told him what happened. I went home and I told her. And she said, You well, didn't even drive the company car home. No. I wanted to get on. By then, I had developed a tremendous amount of confidence. And by then, I had developed a concept that you got to do this around people. I had to prove to myself that I could do it again. In that story, you mentioned your brother, Jerry. So here's another family member. Your family's not that large. Uh, well, in our family, it's really small. There were, you've got mind, one my, son. My, you had two brothers. Yeah, my first brother died when he was at John Morris Law School and died in an automobile accident when he was 27 years old. Oh. But he was a real loss. He was brilliant. He was the smartest of the three of us, easily. Jerry was just a great athlete, personality, but really wasn't interested in the business world or anything else. That's why I keep giving credit to the, the 10 heroes because I have no other answer other than each one of them came along in my life and at the right time. Perfect and believe time. me, I try to come along and I've come along on people, other people's life in the right time. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have been with me. I was at a Park, Ohio party and there were 40 people there. I said, how many people have been here 20 years, 13 hands. And I went to Kinead, Ohio, in a company out there called General Aluminum. There's 280 people out there. I'll guarantee you there's 25 to 30 people who've been there in 25 years. I, I hope that uh, through this podcast and through the efforts here that I don't have to be recognized. I want, I, I want the people that sent me here to be recognized. Are you saying that the entire a story 
of your success as an entrepreneur is really a story about people. It is people. They came and played with me. Some have left to go on and do things. When somebody comes to me and says, thanks, Ed, I've been here six years and I want to go on my own. I said, good, can I invest in the company? You know, <laughs> the story isn't about Ed Crawford, the ambassador, starts a company and has become successful and a great family. It's people. Think of Mrs. Killinger and Mrs. Vincent when I, they flunked me back from the fifth and the fourth grade and they took responsibility how the damage they thought it was doing to me and took care of me as a fourth grader and started me in the right direction. Just thinking about that. Just think about a, a person like a Fred Lennon who steps in. Right. What's Fred Lennon, uh, a legendary oh, uh, businessman, in, not just in this area, in the country, who, for whatever reason, took a strong interest in you. And that's why I'm very happy to be able to help other people. It is people. It is relationships. If you can help train and help motivate people in a way that's in the benefits their family or themselves. That's that's a gift, and it's a gift because they believe in me. I represent the people, represent the employees, I represent the culture, and uh, to Kent, I hope to recognize the way entrepreneurship is looked at. Entrepreneurship is a very difficult. It's a learning process. It takes a lot of confidence. I can't tell you how excited I am to see people succeed and. I've enjoyed uh, these conversations together, you know. Uh, oh, it's been an honor for me, and I want to thank you. It's been a great pleasure for me, and I hope this uh, series of conversations with you, with your story and your own words, will be of value to not just would-be entrepreneurs, people in business, uh, people who are interested in a good life story. And yours is, I can only quote Jimmy Stewart, it's been a wonderful life. We want to thank you for listening to the Aspire series, The Life of an American Entrepreneur with Ambassador Ed Crawford. We hope you enjoyed listening and found something of value in these 14 chapters. Speaking for executive producer and host Thomas Kelly and myself, we join with Ed Crawford in urging you to aspire. Aspire to personal achievement. Aspire to serve your country and serve the people of America. Aspire to do well so that you may do good. Aspire to success in all ways. This is Josh Booth. Thank you for listening.